as dark as death can be, particularly for those suffering with grief. Light and life are greater as we face the future. I'm Margaret Brennan in Washington, and this week on Face the Nation, the tension between saving the economy and saving American lives intensifies. Welcome to Post-COVID-19, Episode 3, Freedom versus Safety. I'm Jim Watkins. We must first start from the assumption that man has the right to freedom. Our society has developed rules to the game, a balance of freedom and liberty, with the protection of society as a whole that allows the state or the collective to make laws to protect the state and the collective. It's why our kids go to school by law. The state has determined it is better for the collective to have educated people. We decided that was a good rule in which all would benefit. Vaccines are another example. The state or collective, the people who create these rules to the game, have determined that it is better or mutually agreed upon that people should not get the mumps or the measles or smallpox. So we came up with cures and we vaccinate. Sometimes people react badly and it doesn't work out. But on average, 99% of us will not die from many diseases that were common only 50 to 100 years ago because we vaccinate. We added a rule to the game. Protective self-rights are afforded groups to prevent discrimination. This is another example of the state, the collective, to agree to protect people who might otherwise be victimized or persecuted. This is why we have women's rights, gay rights, religious rights, civil rights, children's rights. These are all accumulated rules to the game that we created and what we call a civil society. But always must the first assumption be that each human being has a right to certain fundamentals, which include free speech, a right to petition, the right to own or have private property, the right to be left alone, the free exchange of ideas, and to pursue self-determination as long as it does not infringe upon the rights of another, and finally the right to worship or not to worship. In this country, it is the Bill of Rights and our Constitution that codify these rights into laws. They don't provide freedom through law. They merely codify the law to reflect the agreed-upon rules of the game. So now we have an epidemic, a true pandemic that has resulted in the state, the collective, to restrict movement based on a health crisis, a new virus that has entered into the human population and has resulted in hundreds of thousands of deaths. A few weeks ago, we started locking down society. We put shelter-in-place orders in so to slow the curve or flatten the curve so that our hospitals wouldn't get overwhelmed as we saw happening in China, Italy, and Spain. We learned early that if this virus hits a large population, at once massive numbers of cases overwhelm the healthcare system, and this creates even more deaths. We, as a society, saw the charts, saw the projections, and saw the numbers steadily rise. Once we realized it was human-to-human contact and 20% of people were falling ill and another 2-5% to were dying, It was already too late, and the only choice was to shut down, shut down the major cities to essential movement. And we, the people, agreed it was a new temporary rule of the game to flatten the curve. It was never about preventing deaths. It was never about stopping the number of fatalities, because until there is a standard and effective vaccine, people will get sick and die from COVID-19, like many other diseases and viruses. However, the shelter-in-place was never intended to be a long-term panacea to prevent deaths. It was, as a matter of what was agreed upon, 
to slow the curve in order to prevent our healthcare system from being overwhelmed. Guess what? It worked. It was working, and it is working. And we've seen no major spike in the most of the major cities in the United States. But equally important, we have seen that our medical system can withstand the blow. New York taught us that even in the worst of circumstances, we can handle it. Now America must open, according to many. Others say we must remain shut until a vaccine is discovered to prevent more deaths. But that was never the plan. Remember, it was to flatten the curve to prevent too many deaths from happening at once. This has been accomplished. The fact that there have now been four studies to show that, number one, coronavirus has already spread much farther than we previously believed in New York, Los Angeles, Miami, Santa Clara, and the Bay Area of Northern California, where studies were made. The fatality rate is considered low. Otherwise, we would see more deaths occurring across all major areas in the country, which we are not. Now, one would argue that the reason the death rate is low is because we've been sheltering in place. But again, this measure was adopted not to prevent deaths, but to slow the spread. If that was the case, we accomplished the lowering of the curve, but shelter in place may have come too late. The coronavirus, according to recent studies, has probably already spread to 70 to 80 percent of the United States. As a society of free people, it is unlikely we can adapt to a new set of rules that would essentially destroy our economy and cause more harm than COVID-19. The very fabric of our country starts to fray when people are told they cannot work, they cannot move. To resist means incarceration. The country agreed to help slow the virus spread, but the deal was met, and many are feeling it's time to embrace the reality that people will die when we go back to work, just like every day 150,000 people die around the world for other reasons. Ending on a good note, less people are dying per day to COVID-19 worldwide from coronavirus. More people are recovering. Let's briefly look at those numbers. Since February 15, 842,000 people have recovered from COVID-19. That is four times as many who have succumbed after getting ill including those who had underlying health issues, which represents 93% of the victims, according to the CDC. For example, the USA had 118,162 recoveries, 54,265 deaths. In Spain, there were 63,120 recoveries with 22,902 deaths. In Germany, 109,800 people got better 5,877 did not. China says, and we can question it, that 77,384 people recovered from getting coronavirus. 46,000 people died, again, probably higher. Iran, with 70,000 people that have recovered from COVID-19, 5,700 died. Italy, 63,120 recovered, 26,384 died. Closer to home, they don't show recoveries on the WHO data charts in the United States by state, nor on John Hopkins. You have to search very deep to find the recovery rates. They also don't reflect the infection rate or the community spread, because we don't have the answers yet. We only know that it is spreading. So we are working with data sets that only reflect deaths, and in 93% of those cases, there's usually an underlying condition. In essence, the curve has flattened. But more importantly, the fatality rate, 
while concerning, is much lower than previously believed, again because China was so deficient in offering factual data early on. The political football game today is about pitting groups against each other by setting off two camps, those who wish to further the U.S. lockdown to prevent deaths, and those who believe in doing so would cripple lives economically, which brings its own set of problems in that could lead to more violence, crime, and death. In some ways, freedom is being criminalized. But if you put perspective into the virus, it is less fatal than believed and very manageable, as we've seen. Remember, the shelter-in-place was not about prevention of death, but prevention of overwhelming the medical system that would have caused more death. And that debt, according to many, has been paid. With perspective on post-COVID-19, I'm Jim Watkins. Post-COVID-19 is a production of CandidlySpeaking.net. Follow us online at CandidlySpeaking.net.